we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. It's a process. <laughs> so just had to delete our whole intro, but we're going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen and non-gender conforming indiv- individuals, I have an extra special guest on today. When I think of a bad bitch, when I think of a strong, <laughs> independent woman, <laughs> I think of this little nugget of a human right here. <laughs> But I think of someone who stands up for herself and the people around her and won't let anybody walk on her. I think of Elizabeth White and her little tiny baby. Oh, gosh. <laughs> It'll be some fun editing games yes. for you. Oh, she getting a little fussy. She yeah. has something to eat. Let me unwrap her. Yeah, unwrap her from her burrito. We have to start over. Oh, yeah, so... It's a grumpy little baby. She's eating a pan. All right, we're back. Baby has a clean bottom. Everybody's happy. So we've known each other since high school. We used to have choir together. Yes. And that was interesting because you and our choir teacher hated each other. Yep, yep. So we would, she would literally like give me dirty looks across from across campus, like whenever she would see me because I dropped out of her class, like Um, mid semester too. I think I did. It was so like looking back as an adult, I'm like, what a like teenage dirtbag thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so basically, like I loved choir and I loved that I was in vocal ensemble as like a lower classman and everything. And it was great. Elite singers, right? It was. It was great. I was like, this is awesome. Like, I feel really good about myself for achieving this. But I had like horrible stage fright. And so when it came time to do regionals, Mm -hmm. I was like, not doing that. I'm sorry, but I'm not doing that. So I'm going to drop your class right before I have to do the really scary thing where I sing alone in front of a bunch of adults. Like, I'm going to just dip. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I was really upset about that, Um, which like uh, on the other side of it, looking back as an adult. Who cares? Come yeah, on. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> high school choir. Like, yeah. come on, Miss Bulky. <laughs> so, I mean, meh. <laughs> and then after high school, we briefly worked together at Golden Corral. Right. Mm-hmm. Which was a total shit show, interesting of a job. Yeah, yep. I worked with uh, my best friend at the front. I don't think we even really realized that we worked together at the time. Um because our, our schedules were opposite. Right. Mm-hmm. Going back to being in choir with you, though, I remember there was, like, one point in time where we um, we were at another school for some kind of, I don't even know what you call it. You, like, meet up with all the other choir geeks from other schools. Social and gathering. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we were sitting in the auditorium, and you bent over, and you were like, oh, a pill. And you, like, picked it up, and you popped it in your mouth, and you <laughs> took it. <laughs> And I Sounds remember, like something I do. <laughs> I don't remember who was sitting next to us. One of your friends. And they were so mad at you. They were like, Brenna, Probably Jordy. I, can't believe, I think it was Jordy. And she was like, I can't believe you just did that. And she was so upset. It was probably Advil. Yeah, like, like it wasn't anything. I mean, I'm still alive today, so we're fine. Uh, but I just remember your friend being so bad at you and me sitting there thinking, oh, that's kind of funny. But yeah, a random memory popped in my head thinking about choir. God, such good times. (laughs) And then we worked together at our main job. Right. And that was such fun and terrible times on top of that. We worked in the food court together and Mm -hmm. it was a very small, tiny, very hot space. And everybody was up in everybody's business. And there was just no, no personal space, no boundaries. 
Sierra yeah. used to always beat me up. <laughs> Sierra <was laughs> so mean to me, but we had so much fun. Do you remember when I fainted at work? I don't. I don't think I was there, but I remember you talking about it. Only time I've ever fainted in my entire life. And I was talking to Yvette, and that's back when she didn't really like me, which, understandable, because I was just loud Yvette's and obnoxious. scary. Dude, she was so scary. When you so don't scary. know Yvette, she is terrifying. Talk about a bad bitch. I don't know what I was it is. just infatuated But then, like, once you befriend her and She's she so likes you, cool. she, like, sticks up for oh, you. Oh, yeah. You're her little person. She'd go to bat like, for you. She'd Nobody messes with my Beth. Like, yeah. 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 I freaking love Yvette, Yvette and Christiana, all of They're them. They're so fun. But yeah. I was just standing next to her. I was her assistant and I was like, I don't feel good. Like, I'm going to go get some water. And she was like, okay. And then I turned around and just, boof, crashed into the pizza oven and then stood back up and was like, oh my God. And then passed out again and pulled a whole rack of pizza dough down oh on gosh. top of me. The paramedics got called. That's when Deb worked there. She came running around the corner like, oh. my baby, my yeah. baby. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Deb, calm down, calm down. I was so worried they were going to drug test me they never drug tested me that was was my biggest concern Hmm. i think i even peed myself that was the first time i might have peed myself once when i was like blackout drunk but i was like so embarrassed and they wrapped like an apron around the front of me but that job was a trip it was uh, it was adventurous i'm very glad to be leaving and you've been gone for quite a few years so yeah so i i left and came back because that's the disease that working there is yes um so you (laughs) I left for almost four years, I think, um, and I pursued a career in the veterinary field, which was my dream job. Loved it, killed it, and then had my first baby, got pregnant with my second, and thought, oh, I'll just go back part-time to where I worked before, and... um, it was great. It was it was okay. It wasn't great. It, it sucks just as bad as it sucked before. Well, and then being like, <laughs> pregnant and being huge. But like anticipating it made it a little bit easier. Um, and she's just going to be talking through the whole yeah, thing. It's okay. A little, little nice coos in the background yeah. for us. But you came back to work at her job, hated it, and then left. And now you're a stay-at-home mom. Yeah um just over a year so last year well I guess technically more than that but last year um when I left work I wrote out my maternity leave so that I could get paid for it um and then before I came back I emailed HR and I was like hey I'm not coming back (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing it yeah yeah so and that was in December of last year after my second baby was born and now we're in January and I have my third baby so that's been about a, a year technically of being a stay-at-home mom, which has been interesting. <laughs> so let's get into you being a stay-at-home mom. How did you first have that conversation with your husband? Um, he's always kind of known that like that was the goal. Um, I remember there was a point in time before I got the veterinary job when I was still working with you, actually, the first, first go-around. Um, I remember I had been on FMLA because I was having really a lot of issues with like my mental health and anxiety and being where we were around all those people it was just really hard for me um so I ended up taking a personal leave um and in that time I kind of did like some soul searching and um lots of self-care and I ended up applying to work in the veterinary field but there was a point in time um towards the end right before I took that leave where I stayed home from work one day and I was sitting with my husband at the dog park this was before he was my husband um and I just started bawling my eyes out and I was like 
I don't think I can work. Like, I don't think I'm a working person. I think that I need to be a stay-at-home housewife or a stay-at-home mom. Like, I think I'm just not meant to be an employee anywhere. Like, I don't think I can do it. And, like, it's it's a funny thing to look back on because when I did work in the veterinary field, I loved my job. Um, it was a dream job. It was amazing. I loved going to work. I was working when I wasn't at work once I reached that management position. Um, but, ultimately, being a stay-at-home mom was still the end goal. And it yeah. happened for us really quickly because of how hard he worked um, at his employer. Um, and... He said, I think since he always had that in the back of his mind, he was pretty prepared for it. And I think he's really happy to be able to give it to me. And he's got a lot of support with people he works with who their wives are in the same position and they're stay at home. Very so they cool. kind of like, they bounce back and forth between each other. Like we've been at dinners with his boss before and his boss will be like, yeah, it's the best thing in the world to have your wife stay home with their kids. Like it's amazing. It's helpful. Um, it's good for the kids. Like, yeah. So, I mean, it's great. It's it's been awesome. He's been super supportive of it and everything. Um, there are times that he jokes about me, like, "Hey, you're gonna have to go back to work, or I'm gonna start giving you an allowance." <laughs> <laughs> but deep down, like, he, I I know he's he's the biggest support. Like, I couldn't be a stay at home mom without him. And I know there's a lot of stay at home moms who like on the weekends their husbands don't really do very much, like, <laughs> to help out, but. He's great. Like, on the weekend, he does all he can. He lets me sleep in, which is great because I know he doesn't even get to sleep in because he wakes up to go to work every day, Mm -hmm. Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, I expect him to wake up and take care of the kids so that I can sleep in, which is wonderful for me, but the poor guy doesn't ever get to sleep in. (laughs) That's a balance. You're both not sleeping. Yeah, and it's something he hasn't even complained about, and he's been doing it for almost a year. Right? (laughs) (laughs) There was one day last last weekend, um, Saturday or Sunday, I did let him sleep in until like almost 10 o'clock, and I got up and I took care of the kids, and he, he thanked me for it later in the day, and I was waiting for him to be like, we should do this every weekend, but he didn't, so I was like, oh, <laughs> this is why we're still together, and it's working. <laughs> yeah, and, and you guys have been together for how long now? Eight years. And you guys have been married since 2019? So we got married in 2018 on my birthday in a courthouse, um, which was kind of like our down low wedding. We've been married since then, but we had our actual like wedding ceremony um, in Sedona on a campground. It was um, so fun. A year and a half later. So okay. whenever it comes time for our like anniversary, we're like, oh, we've been married for this past one was um, four years and seven months. <laughs> so every every year we have or maybe it was three years seven months and whatever it is um we have like an anniversary on my birthday in march and then we have our anniversary for our wedding that's cute (laughs) yeah it's pretty good (laughs) so when when you guys were dating how did you guys have the conversation or know or like when did you realize that you wanted to marry this man and have three beautiful babies with him. Um, so I was one of those annoying people who does the ultimatum. Um, if we're together for three years, you better propose to me because I'm not wasting my time. Yeah. Because I know what I want. I want to be a stay-at-home mom one day. Um, it's always been my goal. I want kids. I want a family. And I don't want to be 30 years old when I start having babies. Like, yeah. I want to do it when my body's young, when I'm fit enough to get back in shape right after my babies are delivered. Um, 
So he knew from the get-go that that was an expectation of like, okay, you need to make a decision. Like you've got time. We're on a time crunch here. (laughs) I I know like looking back, I'm like, well, that's kind of annoying, but also it's obviously worked out. So it's, it's fine. Um, But it got to a point where we'd been living together for almost three years because we'd been together for almost four. And he, he did finally, finally it wasn't that long of a time but he did propose to me um and it's funny because a few days before he actually proposed to me he was like kneeling in our bedroom digging for something he had just gotten out of the shower he was like in his underwear like digging for something under the bed and I jokingly said something like oh are you gonna propose to me like he's like you're ruining it Elizabeth no he literally looked up at me looked me in the eyes and said will you marry me and it was like I could tell he meant it and I was like, no, not in these circumstances. Like, try again, come back later. Like, no, not this time. But, like, in that moment, I could tell, like, I was like, oh, he's actually going to propose to me. Like, he, I think he's, this is going to be my husband one day, which is really stupid because he was, like, half naked in our bedroom, not even trying to propose to me. But yeah. the way he said it, there was so much sincerity that it was like, oh, like this is this. real wow yeah, yeah so that's kind of funny i always like to tell that story and he i don't think he even remembers that that happened so i'm like mm. <laughs> <laughs> i remember and then it was like within that week where he actually proposed yeah. yeah so within that week he went um to my parents house and asked for my hand in marriage and they gave him a family ring and Aww. i think that weekend we went and we hiked in sedona and he proposed to me on our hike um and my response was wait are you serious this time (laughs) (laughs) are you joking like are you yanking my chain right is this the real deal (laughs) but no it was the real deal and then like a couple months later we were talking because he proposed in january and then my birthday's in march he um a few weeks before my birthday we were like what do you want to do for your birthday Um, what are we gonna do and he was like I, I think I jokingly was like, oh, we should just go get married. And he was like, okay, let's like let's do it. We're doing it. And so it. we did it. Like, we scheduled our wedding. We told our parents. Um, we went to Oregano's. Oh, we tried to go to Oregano's, but we went to Olive Garden um, afterwards for a birthday. Or I guess I'm confused because it is my birthday <laughs> for <Right>. our wedding, <laughs> for my birthday dinner. Uh, we celebrated our wedding at Olive Garden. <laughs> Hey, I think it's great. It's authentic. Yeah, but since, like, I'm a sucker and my goals were always to be a housewife and a mom, I couldn't go without the actual wedding. So we we did end up planning a wedding, too, which we had in Sedona um, a year and a half later, which was great. And honestly, one of my favorite weddings that I've been to is so fun to camp because we did an overnight yeah. thing. Yeah. So it was like the, the family and parents were all there and then the majority of them left. And then it was like the young kids hung out and we all drank and just hung out in the forest. And yeah. Played in the creek. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we all camped and I slept. I was actually pregnant with my first son for our wedding. <laughs> yeah. I found out I was pregnant with him in July, I believe, or maybe it was August. Um, so I was pretty early on in my my pregnancy but I was like just barely getting to the point where I was starting to show and I remember I got my dress altered before I even found out I was pregnant and everybody was like everybody who knew I was pregnant was like 
is your dress gonna fit you like, <laughs> what are you gonna do and i was like well it's gonna have to because yeah, we'll have to make it work <laughs> we'll figure it out and it worked out everything worked out honeymoon was interesting because nothing sounded good i was having like food aversions and i was throwing up on our honeymoon so it was a pretty lazy honeymoon we're supposed to redo it um in the next couple of years here but we'll see yeah you got three kids so now yeah. you guys are figuring out how to deal with babies yep yep so you and your husband have been together for eight years now. Obviously, in that time, you guys have had ups and downs. What do you guys do in those moments when you have times that are hard and you're struggling? Or obviously, you have three kids and that can be very stressful. Right. Um, well, there's a lot of conversation that has to happen, obviously, when things get rough. Um, and we both need different things from each other. So I think that's where a lot of couples go wrong is you don't realize that like what I need in this moment is not what he needs. Mm -hmm. Um, and I need to really like you, your natural instinct is to give what you need. Like, Oh, I'm cold. So you must be cold, but that's not necessarily the case. So like I need to confront the problem immediately, talk it through, mull it over, figure it out right off the bat so that we're not wasting any time. And he needs space and time to think. Otherwise, he says stupid things and hurts me unintentionally. So if I don't give him that space, like, he doesn't have the time to cool down. And then he's just talking without any intention. So it's taken a long time. But we've gotten to a point where, like, I remember specifically when we first got married, we started fighting. When we would fight, I started learning that if I left the house and went for a drive and bought him a coffee or bought him something while I was out, like a little treat um, and something for myself. And then I enjoyed it. And then I came back home with it for him. He would always be in this like much better mind state to sit and discuss the situation. And I'd be able to sit down and we'd both be cooled out and be like, okay, like, let's talk about this. Like what's going on? Let's keep a level head. Like, without saying anything that's we don't mean yeah um and there was also something really satisfying in the act of like buying something for him when i was mad at him okay because as stupid as that sounds like i'm not a big gift giver and he's not like a big gift receiver necessarily i do think he likes to give gifts but um we i don't know there's just this thing where I'm really mad at you, but I still care about you yeah. and I still love you. And just because I'm upset with you, like, doesn't mean that we're not here for each other and we're not each other's person. So, like, the act of, like, just buying you a coffee, like, five bucks, here's for you, it just does something. Ugh, hold on. Maybe we need to pause. Let me give her happy real quick. God, she's so stinking cute. <laughs> there it is. There's the smile. <laughs> I don't know why this isn't working. but just the act of doing something nice for somebody when you're upset with them right and the fact that there was something really special about that you could still do that because up until that point I always had been like if I was mad at somebody all my energy was put into being mad at them yeah but like if you kind of refocus that energy into like okay I'm gonna do an act of kindness for this person even though I'm upset with them it really recenters you and 
like what your actual end goal is in this situation and the end goal is not to still be mad at the person so like if you kind of realign what you're doing with the end goal which is like to work things out and to be happy again and not be wasting time being miserable it's um it's super helpful it was very helpful so that that helped us for a long time and then eventually like i don't know the longer that you're together you just learn like how each other ticks there you go and um <laughs> it just helps a lot to um the time the time put in to yeah. the relationship like i don't know you learn each other you live with each other and there are days where like i feel like we don't even talk to each other but we just kind of exist and do this thing and <laughs> take care of the kids and then all of a sudden it's like oh my god the kids need a sleepover <laughs> yeah mom and dad need some time alone <laughs> we haven't had time to just like eat a meal together in the past couple weeks so let's send them away and have a nice evening together but yeah i don't know you just kind of it's a learning process. I like how you said how you guys give each other space and you go for a drive and you just let each other breathe and chill out. And I would say that's definitely things I wish I did in my past relationship, especially when you live with somebody and you don't really have anywhere to go or to like escape from the moment and the anger. It's like, hey, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a drive and I'll be right back. And then we can have a conversation about it. Because I feel like you're saying like if you don't give it that time to breathe, then you're both just going to say things that you don't mean because right. you're both just worked up. Right. And I will say that, like, now that we have three kids, there's much more of an urgent need to, like, address the issue as quickly as we can. But our problems now are not nearly what they were more towards the beginning of our relationship or even the beginning of our marriage because at that point in time, it was, like, bigger things, like, bigger problems that we needed to mull through, like, who makes the money? Like, do we believe in gender roles? Like the major things, you know, but now that we're kind of like totally on the same page with everything, we know what each other, we've like completely discovered each other in that sense of things. Um, well, and you're always learning and growing. So obviously we change, but it's a more gradual process now, um, that we've been married longer, not long time, but longer. Um, but at the beginning, it was much more feasible to, like, go take a full drive and spend that time. And now that we have all the kids, it's there's, like I said, time crunch. Like, yeah. okay, well, you know, we're either going to wait till bedtime and see how long we can talk before the kids wake up. But um, like I said, the problems are smaller, too. So it doesn't take as long. And I've noticed myself in the recent years um, learning to kind of just shrug things off. A lot more than I used to be able to. Choosing your battles. Right, right. And I used to have this thing where it was like, well, no no problem is too small to not talk about. Okay. Where like, well, even if it bothered me a little bit, we're going to talk about it. Which I get now. Like, I used to not let anything go. Like, basically, if it was a small problem, I still wanted to talk about it because I didn't want it to be a small problem constantly. Um but now that I'm so much older and so much wiser, no, <laughs> um, now that I'm older and wiser, I realize that like, it's true. Like you said, you got to pick your battles. Like, mm, 
it's not a big deal. Like he jokes around with me in ways that kind of make me feel crappy sometimes because he's a dude and he's not thinking about the fact that he's just joking and like there's this playful banter thing where he really likes to do playful banter. Yeah. And I'm very sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> so like even the other day we were shopping at Sam's Club and it was really busy because it was Saturday or Sunday. Um and we kept like breaking up and then meeting up again, um, just grabbing things, <laughs> tag teaming our shopping trip. Um, and at one point I said something along the lines of like, oh, are you grumpy because it's crowded? Like, are you grumpy be- because there's crowds? And he was like, no, I'm grumpy. <laughs> Sorry. He's like, no, I'm grumpy because of your constant talking. <laughs> god and like of course me being a sensitive person i was like really broken up over it i was like oh my god i'm talking too much and i I was thinking i'm like i didn't even notice i was talking (laughs) was i just thinking out loud i don't know but like we both picked at each other because like i know that he doesn't like it when i point out that he's grumpy Mm-hmm. or like in a bad mood especially if it's not something that i've done and it's just like an outside thing that's yeah. causing him to be grumpy he hates that so i want to get into childbirth with you okay you've had a very interesting childbirth and you have three different kids so yeah what was your easiest childbirth this last one so my daughter who is screaming at us right now um she was definitely the easiest to the point where like the day after having her i kind of was talking to my husband about it and i was like uh like if i knew this birth was gonna go like this i'd almost be willing to have more than three because that was really nice but it was the last one and we're not having more so so what made it so easy Um, I think a lot of it was anticipation, like knowing what to expect. Um, with my first, I had an epidural and it's your first, so you have no idea what's going to happen. Um, with my second, I planned on having an epidural again, but then I ended up having to go through natural childbirth, um, because I just labored so quickly. And then with the third, I chose to do natural childbirth because now that I'd already done it, I'm a stubborn person, and I was like, all right, well, we're doing this the natural way, and even if I did want any kind of um, pain management or intervention of any kind, I think labor went along so quickly that it wouldn't have been able to happen anyway, because... Oh, okay, like there wasn't enough time for the epidural to go through you. Right, well, that, and even just, um, like, as soon as my actual active labor contraction started... Um, I asked for, you can get nitrous oxide as a pain management. So yeah, I asked for nitrous oxide and I really wanted to do that. Um, and my midwife like fetched the nurse and the nurse was going to go get it, but she was born from the time that it took them to go get it. When she came back in the room with it, I was pushing and she was born within minutes of that. So I didn't even have time to just... From the time that the nurse went to go grab the nitrous oxide and bring it back into my room, she was born. So that's insane. <laughs> yeah. So a little less than 30 minutes, I think, is all it was um, that I was actually actively laboring with her. Um, and then 
<clears throat> position is a huge thing. So, I mean, at least I believe so. I've only had three babies. And, like, that sounds like a lot. But... I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> I've only gone through something that is so diverse between all the... Like, every woman who's ever had a baby has a totally different experience. And I've only done it three times. So, my experience, of course, is completely different than a lot of other people's um but position wise with with the boys with the first two I was on my back um and with my third I was on my hands and knees oh interesting gravity was like my best friend because I didn't even think about that yeah so my body with her was pushing on its own so I remember like with my with both my sons I actively pushed them out like I had to take a deep breath think about it and like physically push them out with her being on my hands and knees it was like my body was not giving me a choice like it was, it was like just pushing her right out now. yeah yeah I didn't even have to think about it all I had to do was like take a deep breath and like focus on what was going on and it my body did the rest of the work so, so how would you describe the feeling of pushing out a child? Oh, it's like equivalent to pooping. Like taking a massive dump is basically <laughs> what it feels like. <laughs> uh, and like most women do, like most women do poop with their babies. Which Did is, that happen with you? Uh, with the first two, no. Okay. And with her, yes. And Interesting. I knew it happened and this is kind of funny so I knew it happened when it was happening because like I said my body was just doing all the work yeah I was just letting my body do whatever it needed to do to get her out like my midwife was great she was like just take deep breaths and make sure that you're focusing on relaxing everything in your body like relax everything you possibly can and let your uterus do its job. Like, your okay. uterus should be the only thing that feels stressed out right now. Okay. Like, relax your shoulders, relax your face, relax your arms and legs. Like, as much as you can, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, she she was great. And then, um, like I said, my body was just doing its thing. And I definitely pooped with one of those pushes. Um I take zero responsibility. It's my body's fault. No. <laughs> and the funny thing is, of course, my husband's standing like with me watching every detail of every little thing. And, and can see it all. Yeah. And you can't see it. Right, right. Um, so that's a fun thing. But we, neither of us talked about it. Like it's... <laughs> It just was this like unspoken thing that we both went through and we both knew happened and neither of us mentioned it. And then like a month after she had been born, I don't know, the balls of this guy to even bring it up. (laughs) He like very lightheartedly said something along the lines of like, you pooped when you were in labor. (laughs) And I was like, you could have gone your whole life. (laughs) The audacity. Yes. You could have gone your whole life without mentioning that. And you chose. How dare you? (laughs) That's funny. And like, it's just funny because it's, it's an embarrassing thing, of course, but it's also like a very natural yeah, thing. Yeah, you're happens. pushing with everything you have. It makes yeah. sense that would happen. Yeah, and I think he instantly had to like cover his ass because he was like, well, I mean, of course you did. Like, your body's going through a lot of it. Your body's just doing your mm. thing. And I'm like, I gave you life. I gave you three <laughs> children. Like, I gave you three reasons to live your life. And you had to mention the fact that you were standing right there. <laughs> 
and saw the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Something like we literally like hide in bathroom stalls and do that and don't want anyone to see us. And it's like most people don't even do it in public. <laughs> right. And I just pooped in front of a whole room of doctors yes. and nurses yep. and my husband. And Yep. Yep. And they see it all the time. So yeah. Like, so they're not even phased. Man, it's it's a very um, humbling thing to get Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. Because you're just sprawled out. Yep. Yep. And you don't care. <laughs> yeah i mean honestly I, so so were you in a lot of pain when you did the natural birth uh i mean it's painful it's, i think they i think i've read somewhere where it's like we have 10 decibels of pain or whatever and giving like childbirth is above the chart like you're at like a 14 when you're in labor Jesus and giving Christ. birth um with my second natural childbirth not as much like i think gosh my headspace was just I was just in such a great place that when I gave birth to her it hurt like obviously it hurt it definitely didn't feel good yeah but the way I was managing it and my headspace I was keeping calm I was relaxing um made it much easier just being in the different kind of headspace with it um with my second son he he came just as fast as she did but I was not prepared for it so we were on the freeway actually when active labor started um and I only with her I only was in active labor for 20 to 30 minutes so with him yeah I definitely could have pushed him out in the car if I wanted to like that's how close we were to missing the hospital um when we might have to pass yeah So we're driving down the freeway, um, and like I said, I only labored actively for like 20 to 30 minutes with the third baby. Um, But with him, I I didn't know what to expect because with the first, I had the epidural, um, and it was my firstborn. So like obviously, it's like, oh, the second could be similar to my first experience, but then you know that every, every single experience is different. Yeah. Um, So yeah, we're like driving in the HOV lane. My husband's going like 90 miles per hour down the freeway, (laughs) but it's like rush hour traffic too. So we keep hitting traffic spots um, and we barely make it to the hospital and I'm like screaming and panicking at this point. So that's why I say headspace is like such a big thing because with him, the natural childbirth, even though it probably went just as quickly as it did with my third I was in a completely different headspace I was panicked yeah um and freaking out and you know how I'm like I'm a pretty anxious person like (laughs) it doesn't take much for me to get like worked up and panicked um but the thought of having to give birth in in a moving vehicle (laughs) on the freeway like that's a pretty terrifying thought so like to be thinking that on top of just like being in labor in itself um I just wasn't a good headspace and I got into the hospital and I was screaming my head off and which was really embarrassing <laughs> but like <laughs> sorry a baby's coming out of I me right couldn't now. help it it was like my body just wouldn't let me stop screaming at the top of my lungs and like I remember walking through the waiting room and there being people in there and thinking like oh my god I'm like petrified I'm so embarrassed um but then we get in the hallway and my midwife is like don't push yet don't push because that's just how close I was and he was born within minutes of being there that's insane yeah we parked the car at 4 15 and he was born at 4 30 so so you barely got into your bed before right he just, bloop. 
Right. So we were, um, we like walked in, checked in, went through triage and got to my room and then he popped out. (laughs) Wow. Um, but yeah, the headspace thing, huge because I was so panicked and I was laying on my back and I remember at one point I, I pushed like once or twice and then I looked at, I looked at Eric and I was like, I can't do this like I am not gonna push him out like I'm tired like I can't do this and my midwife looks at me and she's like you need to stop screaming and push this baby (laughs) (laughs) and I was like okay (laughs) okay I can do this I can do this (laughs) so then I did so then I pushed him out and as soon as he was born I I was like I'm never doing that again like (laughs) we're not having any more babies this is awful they like laid him on my chest and like I love him to death, but I was kind of just like, get this baby away from me. (laughs) That makes sense. Honestly, I don't think it's that crazy. Like, my body is wrecked right now. Right. I feel crazy. Like, I just, yeah. Right. That's very understandable. And it is a very beautiful and, like I said, a very humbling experience. But, like, the trauma. Nobody talks about how traumatizing it is to give birth. Like, it is really it's up there like (laughs) it's rough um and so yeah they put him on my chest and I'm like I didn't tell them to get him away from me and obviously I just held him and enjoyed him because it's good I know what the baby needs and yeah to be with mom um so we did like skin to skin in the golden hour and everything and um eventually it sunk in and I was like oh my baby's here I love him so much but that initial thing like all I could think about was how I never wanted to do that again (laughs) (laughs) and then fast forward to literally like a year and 20 days later and I'm giving birth to our daughter and it's like this beautiful wonderful thing and she was born and I literally chose to do the exact same thing that I did with the one who like was super traumatizing and awful I'm like I'm gonna do that again (laughs) right (laughs) but just having a different headspace made a world of difference because it like almost didn't even hurt like that's insane I hate to say that because it did hurt but like I think just the pain was not nearly as big of a deal emotionally, maybe, okay. is what it was. I don't know what it is. Um, I also didn't tear with her. So I was going to ask that. That m- makes a world of a difference in healing, too, because I think, like, five days postpartum, I was like, I'm ready to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> like I I'm ready like my body feels great like let's go on a run and then we'll have sex afterwards and of course everybody's like you need to chill you're crazy you just had a baby like calm down no I'm gonna go run a travel no really I feel great wild (laughs) but then when I had torn with the other two I was like ooh, the thought of like even like washing yourself down there is not you're like, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want to touch down there. Yeah. Like, ooh, there's like stitches and it's just rough. But no, with her, I was like, man, if I knew I wasn't going to tear every time I gave birth, I would have a lot more babies. <laughs> like, so, that's a game changer. So so when you tore, did they like pre-cut you or did you tear no, naturally? Natural tear, okay. tears. Yeah. So um, the same spot tore with my second as did with my first which is pretty common I guess because um I don't know if it's the scar tissue or what it might be but um yeah so the first the first I tore 
and then the second it tore in the same spot and with the second the sutures didn't hold (laughs) so like it was a it was rougher healing with the second um so yeah then having her it was like a game changer because I was not torn at all it was just mostly my uterus having to shrink back down which is also painful that's something they don't warn you about is yeah you have contractions after your baby's born what yeah (laughs) so your contractions continue so that your uterus can shrink back down to its normal size um and then also pushing pushing out everything making sure everything's out of your Mm -hmm. body so you don't have any infections or anything um it's just a natural process but mine were really strong and with the first they're not so bad I almost didn't even remember that they happened when I had my second and then when I had my second I almost was like what is wrong with me like <laughs> how long do they last for like when for do they me start? that's the crazy thing for me they last like two to three days okay. after having the baby which just doesn't seem fair <laughs> because you're like okay my baby's like three days and I feel like I'm still in labor um but I know that that's not the same with every mom like some moms experience them for maybe 24 hours after the baby's born yeah so that was that was interesting (laughs) so after giving birth this might be a silly question how long does it take for your stomach to deflate and go back down um I think they say six I think they say like six weeks I'm very small and always Mm -hmm. have been very small so my body my body's pretty quick and also I've been told that I have like a baby making body so like (laughs) (laughs) I've had midwives be like I would deliver your babies all day every day (laughs) which is crazy because you're so tiny right think that your hips like wouldn't be set up for it but they're just right and I I don't know if it's just like different muscle tone like every body being shaped so differently having an effect on it um but I I typically will walk into the hospital and they'll weigh me in at like 155 for each baby. This has been the case. I've been like 155 when I walk in. When I get home and I weigh myself on the scale when I get home, I'm like 135. And then within wow. like another week or two, I'm like back down to like 128, 129. Damn. So, <laughs> yeah, it's for me, it's a really like I told you earlier, I have like a fairy tale yeah like it honestly <laughs> I seems have the like very it. like a glorified fairy tale experience with childbirth and child like de- labor and delivery and everything is really it just has come easy to me thank goodness um even though that second one like <laughs> <laughs> it was a little rough <laughs> that middle child thing man <laughs> <laughs> poor kid so then do you guys plan to have any other kids no mm-mm. nope we're done uh, the only thing I, I throw out there here and there is maybe when our kids are older to bring in a foster child or to adopt or something okay. along those lines if I'm feeling it just because like I do really enjoy babies and motherhood. Um, but the three so close together because I have the, the two-year-old, the one-year-old, and the two-month-olds. Like <laughs> You guys are busy. It's, yeah, and it's exhausting. And I think at the end of it, it's going to be totally worth it, but I also think I'm going to be done. Like, yeah. I think it's going to be really good for us to get it out of the way, be done with it, and then be adults and travel together. And, yeah. Um, settle back into just, like, being an adult couple that doesn't have babies to take care of. Yeah, because it's been a constant <laughs> for the past couple right, of years. Right, right, yep. And Eric got snipped, right? 
Yeah, that's a fun one. Um, <laughs> so he, we had been scheduling it. We had wanted to schedule it since before my second was even born. Um, we were like, now's a good time to do it. Like towards the end of um, my pregnancy, we were like, it'd be great to do it because like I can't have sex anyway after giving birth. So... Mm-hmm. Might as well, you yeah, know. Yeah, you can both be in the same healing right. phase. Exactly. I'll let you suffer with me. <laughs> <laughs> How nice of you. Right. Um, but, of course, like, for some reason, men just um, can never get a hold of the people who <laughs> schedule their vasectomies. How convenient. <laughs> right. They're I, their lines are just always busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, finally, I called, I called for him, and... I gave them his phone number and then they called him and they just kind of played phone tag for a couple months, it seemed like. Hmm. Um, (laughs) But he finally got it scheduled and when he did, they called back the week that he was scheduled for the surgery and they were like, we're going to have to unfortunately postpone your vasectomy two weeks because the doctor's out of town or something happened with the doctor, medical emergency, I don't know. But they, they couldn't perform his surgery that weekend. And so we were like, oh, all right, cool. Well, we already have plans for the kids to be, like, with their abuelos for the weekend. So we'll go ahead and do date night. And that was when our daughter was conceived. <laughs> <laughs> Those damn doctors. <laughs> so two weeks later, he has his vasectomy, which was kind of funny because we got into, like, a little argument before. And then I picked him up and he was like, oh, my nuts hurt. And I was like, good for you. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. This is what you get. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, no, but but then he has his surgery. And then a week later, um, I, I actually was texting a friend about it. And I was like, oh, actually, my period was supposed to start today. So... Um, I'm, maybe that's why I'm grumpy or something along those lines. And then she was like, oh, you should take a pregnancy test. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll take it tomorrow. Right? Yeah. There's <laughs> yeah. no way. Yeah. <laughs> sure enough. Surprise. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yep. Found out I was pregnant the next day, a week after his vasectomy. So that was, that was a pretty fun roller coaster. She was obviously meant to be. Yes. That <laughs> was fun. So with him doing that, how did that combo happen? Like, was that something that he brought up? Did you guys both, like, agree and decide that, like, this is something that we should do? Or was it, like, pulling teeth with him? Uh, definitely not pulling teeth. He was excited to have it done. Okay. So he, even more so than me, I think um, parenthood has been, like, total culture shock to him like oh yeah (laughs) for me I've always grown up anticipating it and even then like even as being like a little girl who grew up dreaming of being a stay-at-home mom it's still so different than what you expect I bet. like once you actually have to take care of these kids and raise them to be humans it is a whole new world like nothing compares to it and it's difficult in so many different ways than you never even would have thought of Um, just like little things because it's not the sleep everyone's always like oh you're not gonna get as much sleep and it's like okay like I can handle that that's fine but it's the like I can't even take a dump 
without somebody trying to sit on my lap. Yep. And like, <laughs> as silly as that sounds, it's every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like the being frustrated and infuriated with your husband for taking a nap on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> or like going to the bathroom as soon as he walks in the door after you've been around screaming toddlers all day and it's your turn to take a step outside and take a deep breath, but he has to go to the bathroom first. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's stuff that you're like, oh man, this shouldn't be pissing me off, but it is. Yeah, and it totally makes sense because you can't things. do anything for yourself. Nothing, and it's ridiculous. Like, oh, I forgot to put deodorant on today, and it's like, actually, I didn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really sweaty, and I've been doing a lot today. Yeah, it's like, it's just, I haven't had the time to even think about what I need for myself, and it's exhausting. Um but yeah, he he even more so because he he didn't even want kids or to get married even before he met me. So like he didn't spend his whole first 20 years of his life thinking about what his life is going to be yeah. like as a parent. Like he was like, I'm just going to make a lot of money and party all the time. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then here comes Beth and she's like, just kidding. <laughs> you love me. Exactly. <laughs> you will love me you will love me (laughs) whether you want to or not (laughs) you're stuck yep yep so I mean and he he definitely doesn't regret any bit of it he loves being a dad but he's great with the kids too but it's just um it wasn't something that he was anticipating versus me anticipating it so we we were both pretty much on the same page and I hate being pregnant so much like I just hate pregnancy I don't care what all of these beautiful beautiful mothers who say like it's the best time of your life I love being pregnant like it's so surreal and I'm like no it's awful (laughs) (laughs) like I can't even smell something without wanting to go to the bathroom and puke like how can you think that's a beautiful time (laughs) And yet you did it three times. Yeah, yeah, three years in a row too. Um, none of them by choice. So that's that's a funny thing. I I don't even care. I will tell my children you were definitely an accident, like, <laughs> a beautiful accident, but I not planned. See, yeah, I don't see a point in lying to them about it because like one day they'll have their beautiful accidents of their own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think people actually have children when they're ready for it. No, like, I don't think being ready exists no and and I I feel like people have that mindset of like oh like when I'm ready I'll have kids then you're never going to be ready right it's never going to happen right it's the same thing with jumping into a relationship too like having a serious relationship with somebody that's healthy and cultivating for both of you like it doesn't happen because you're ready for it to happen necessarily it happens because you need it to happen Ooh, I like that (laughs) I like that okay it's like that whole thing of like you don't have kids when you're ready to have kids you have kids when you need to have kids like you have kids when your your life is at a point where like you need a different purpose a higher purpose than what you're at oh okay yeah I like that (laughs) so then what are some tips you have for some new moms and being pregnant balancing your personal life and baby life and anything you can think of for me the most encouraging thing that I always think is which can also be kind of discouraging, but, like, we've been doing this for so long. <laughs> like... It's just never-ending. Yes, women. We have been, like, mothering and parenting children for all these years. Like, 
I read something or heard something on somebody else's podcast or something about um, the these women who chose not to become they don't want to have kids and they don't want to have big families, right? Beautiful, <laughs> like great, wonderful for you, wonderful for people who decide to do that, but also how beautiful it is to be 70, 80 years old and looking at your family and your grandchildren and everybody like opening presents at Christmas yeah. or like sitting around and sharing a meal together. And that's all because of you. Like yeah. you made that, you started that, you grew that family and that's a huge accomplishment. Um, that's like my life goal is to sit at the head of the table and be like, look at this beautiful family. Yeah, I've all made. the generations. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess if you're a new mom and you're like struggling with how hard it is, one, it goes by so fast. It goes by so, like, my oldest is almost three, which is insane to think about. Right? It just, like, you literally, what they say is like, you, do, you don't blink because then they'll grow up. And yeah. it's true. It's crazy how the more kids you have, the faster time goes by. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts. So, I mean, if you're having a really hard time, it might be time to have a baby. <laughs> so, like, just get through it. Time will go by a lot faster yeah. for you. I promise. No, not a good idea. Don't do that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy how fast it goes. Um, so really like the hard times looking back will be such a small part of the big picture. Like you won't even really think about it in the grand yeah, scheme of things. Yeah. And being conscious of that, like going back to giving birth and the fact that my mindset when I had my son was so completely different. There was like filled with fear, filled with panic versus my mindset with my daughter where I was calm and focused and just very like aware of what was going on um if you hold that mindset through parenthood it helps a lot like there's a lot a lot of that a lot of date nights <laughs> like yeah not being afraid to ask for help I know with my first um I like didn't even want other people to hold him very often and I think a lot of moms probably can relate to that because there's a lot of that. like weird you're like possessive of your baby almost like you're okay. like I don't want anybody else to hold him like I'm the mom I'll take care of him I love him like I don't want something else to happen to him there's a lot of anxiety that comes with having a new baby yeah. um and then with your second you're like walking in the room and you're like who wants to hold the baby right <laughs> <laughs> he's cute hold him <laughs> please <laughs> um and that's also a big thing where like not being afraid to ask for that help or to let other people help even because there's a lot of times where now that I'm on baby three with my first if he was crying when somebody else was holding my I'd, I'd like run to him and like immediately take, like, yeah like immediately be like all right I'll take care of him he's crying like he's my baby I need to take care of him now with my third, she starts crying. I walk out the door and like walk as far away from her as I can because I'm like, if they really need me, they'll come find me. Exactly. <laughs> like, it'll be fine. She ate like 30 minutes ago, so she's not hungry. She doesn't need my boobs. <laughs> like, they can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> no, but also being, I don't know, just being aware that your your mom yeah she had you a long time ago and like things have changed and there's a lot more known by like even just the medical field about babies like and things are different like don't put 
there's so many things that you can do wrong like don't put cereal in your baby's milk all this stuff like just all Hmm. kinds of weird things that are I don't know people just stay off the internet (laughs) like (laughs) literally like never leave your house with the first you google everything and it gives you really bad anxiety because you're like oh my gosh if my baby sleeps too long on one side of his head then it's gonna be flat and then he's gonna have to wear a helmet (laughs) and like oh my god i'm screwing my baby up because i'm not staying awake all night watching what position he's sleeping in like they make the sock thing where it like gives you their yeah so it's like a sock monitor Okay. And you put it on your baby's foot, you like wrap, strap it around your baby's foot, and it tells you all night on an app on your phone what the baby's blood pressure, heart rate, and respiration rate are. And I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of information to have. Like, what do you do? Like, uh, on on one side of it, it's like, okay, this is really great because it can be reassuring. I think there are moms out there who totally benefit from it, and they like, maybe they can't sleep, so they look at that, and they're like, oh, good, baby's, baby's doing great. I'm going to go to sleep now. Mm-hmm. Then there's a whole other side of moms who, like me, I'd be laying there and I'd be like, okay, I heard something. I got to check this. Oh, it went down two points. What's, What's wrong happening? with it? Yeah. Yes. Like a constant like needing to validate that you're resting okay because yeah. your baby's resting okay. Whereas like just lay them there and if they cry, you'll wake up and you'll take care of them. It's not yeah. a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Like they're going to be fine. Yeah. No need to like surround yourself with all the stress of needing to know their blood pressure all night. Like, <laughs> oh man, it's rough. And like, I know that SIDS is a big thing and it's horrible and it would never be like something you ever want to go through as a parent. But there's also like you can only do what you can do like and that's a sudden infant death right right yeah what causes that they just randomly die i'm not sure i don't know like a ton about it i try really hard not to stress myself out too much as a probably best because i feel like if i'm doing as much as i possibly can and my pediatrician is like you're doing great i'm like okay i'm doing great (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't need to at this point like i said with my first i googled everything and i'd get so stressed out and then i think have you have you ever heard that moms have like intruding thoughts really bad after they have babies kind of sort of but talk to me about it so after you have your baby you go through this phase that sometimes lasts longer for other moms i guess depending on how much anxiety you have how anxious of a person you are okay but you'll literally be like walking through a house and you'll be like what if my baby just fell out of my arms and rolled down the stairs (laughs) (laughs) or like you'll be walking through the house and you're like gosh what would it sound like to hear my baby fall on this hard tile like horrible like horrible horrible things or your husband will leave for work or something and you'll be like having the baby in the car with him and you'll be like what if they end up in a rollover crash and you like picture your baby in the back seat like flopping around the car <laughs> like <laughs> just horrible things yeah. and some people even have like nightmares and stuff after your baby is born and i am convinced that is it's your natural instincts teaching you to protect your baby totally that makes so sense. so your body your brain it's naturally telling you like you need to be concerned about this tiny human yeah. it's your responsibility you need to take care of it here is an image of their head being sliced open <laughs> like <laughs> don't let this happen corners don't do this <laughs> like, yeah um so i think it's definitely an instinctive thing and it's really horrible um and with my first with me googling everything it was 
I think making it worse. That's what Christiana <laughs> said. That her doctor was like, "You're not allowed to go on Google yeah. anymore. Like you can't do it." Yeah, yeah. Don't like don't do it anymore. Um, because literally it just makes the intruding thoughts 10 times worse and with my second and my third my second I, I think I did a little bit of google here and there but since I'd already done it so much with my first I was well versed <laughs> <laughs> I have bookmarks and tabs open yep. I can just go straight yep. to the page exactly I was like I've got the whole wikipedia on SIDS <laughs> and choking and how to perform the Heimlich maneuver on infants like <laughs> I've got know. it down <laughs> like, I don't need google anymore and then with this third it's the same it, it just comes a little more naturally with each baby but the intruding thoughts definitely still happen um they're just not as intense because I'm not constantly worrying about every little thing yeah um yeah I guess like like I said the date nights are important because it's it's important to have that help to take the kids out of the house and even just having like quiet like I'm very overly stimulated Mm -hmm. easily very easily by lots of noise and lots of sounds and um being at home with two screaming toddlers and a a newborn and two dogs yeah like i told you earlier i bought i bought earplugs <laughs> i love <laughs> like, it i i really will sit at the at the table with them during a meal time and if they're being loud i'll put my earplugs in and i will just sit there with earplugs in and read my book and let them scream and yell because it's just what i need to do to be a sane person yeah <laughs> and it's like you're fine you're just growing or you're digesting right. food like right. there's nothing I can do for you right now like yeah you're not, you're not in harm's way nothing's right. happening to and you and a lot of the times it's not like upset noises it's either it's just them being rowdy and like getting that out of their system and I'll do this thing with my uh my oldest he'll randomly get like zoomies like you know how <laughs> like dog people dogs and cats dog people are like my dog has zoomies yeah he's running in circles around the room so fast yeah like my toddler does it so he'll literally run and laps around the like island in the kitchen um and i'm like dude <laughs> <laughs> chill out yeah <laughs> lay off the froomp snacks <laughs> like, come on um and I'll, I'll open the back door i'm like you need to go outside and he's like yeah <laughs> so i'll send him outside and he'll run around and play outside and then he'll come back and he'll knock on the door and he'll be like mommy open mommy open the door let me back in <laughs> I'm like, okay cool. like no five more minutes mommies yeah. are quiet <laughs> yeah my mom used to do that so she'd lock us outside we weren't like babies we were right. older than that but she'd be like nope five more minutes mom needs a quiet time yeah so it is better for you to take time away from your baby to put your baby down take a few deep breaths be a better person than it is to let them see you stress over them like i was telling you earlier eliazar does his um he does like his deep breaths and whenever he starts to get frustrated or worked up or he starts like talking and trying to say something but getting frustrated because he can't say it i make him take deep breaths and he does it and it helps and I'm like okay my two-year-old can figure this out so why can't I (laughs) (laughs) lead by example it's hard right right it's really difficult to lead by example but it's taking care of yourself and making sure that you're not getting too burnt out with um just motherhood is huge like a big game changer yeah (laughs) big big game changer so you have two big uh two big dogs moose is a husky and then neo is like a husky misc mix what was it like with having dogs when and having babies and that transition um it was interesting so we had three dogs Mm. (laughs) um we also had juniper uh 
really, really sweet little um, cattle dog and kind of like Bluey for my mom friends who know who Bluey is, um, just like Bluey. (laughs) (laughs) But she... um, she was so wild and crazy and she needed lots of time outside and um we just couldn't do three dogs anymore after having um three kids so we gave her to my sister and she's living her best life up in utah which is great um for her and the guilt of not being able to walk her every day and everything yeah has lifted a huge weight off my shoulders but i will say that before my dog before my kids my dogs were my babies oh yeah totally like moose went everywhere with oh my you. gosh yeah like best friends we took them hiking almost every day like we'd go camping with them they were well groomed i worked in the veterinary field so they came to work with me like on top of everything for the dogs always all their shots everything um after my first of course they got a little bit more neglected and then um i was he was nine nine months when I found out I was pregnant with my um, second. And during my second pregnancy is when the rage started. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a point where if these stupid dogs barked one more time, I was going to open the front door and let them run down the street. And not chase after them. Yeah, yeah, no joke. I was so sick of the dogs. It was just this weird, it was like a, a, a little switch flipped in me and I just resented the dogs. I didn't want anything yeah. to do with them. It was like an extra responsibility I had to deal with and I couldn't take it there were days where I'd be like screaming at the dogs like I'd be that lady you know I've seen those posts where it's like my poor neighbors have to listen to me screaming at my dog in the morning (laughs) to come back inside that was me like my dogs would be out in the yard and Moose being the stubborn husky that she is she'd sit in the middle of the yard and look at me and I'd be like get in the house (laughs) and she'd just be like what do you want I can't hear you and she's so sassy and so talkative you know exactly what she's thinking oh yeah and she does it on purpose oh totally um so yeah I I became I won't lie I was pretty neglectful dog owner but it is getting better um it's just this weird thing like you just don't want to take on any more than you possibly have to because you're already doing the most yeah yeah and I get like the rehoming dog thing being a big thing like there's a lot of people who are like if you're not going to be able to take care of them for their whole lives don't get them and it's like yeah but your life changes yeah like don't you think it's better that that dog has a good life somewhere else with someone else who can give them what they need instead of like forcing them and holding them hostage and like (laughs) here's your breakfast and your dinner and then don't touch me don't touch me don't bark don't don't bark like do not drop a hair (laughs) 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 like you can imagine with the huskies like i have to vacuum every day Mm-hmm. I vacuum every single day. And when I was pregnant with my second, like I said, the rage started. Like, <laughs> literally just having to vacuum every day was horrible to me. I was like, this sucks. We should get rid of these dogs. And there was like this constant <laughs> thing of like, let's get rid of these dogs. These dogs suck. <laughs> um, but it kind of continued into my third pregnancy too. And up until recently, um, 
I just didn't want the dogs near me. It was a horrible thing. And I was like very emotional about it for a little while because like I said, there was just a lot of guilt that came with it because I felt like I wasn't doing right by my animals. Um, And I still have a very big heart for animals. Like I said, I would go back into the veterinary field um, if I ever went back to work. But um, you just you adapt to being a mom and you have priorities, different priorities, and it can be really hard to juggle them. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. And having two big dogs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We gave them, I'm finally getting to a point where I'm like, come here, let me pet you. (laughs) And they kind of look at me. They're like, are you, are you, are you serious right now? Like really? really? You want to touch me? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah and so I mean they're getting fat because I'm giving them more treats and like yeah they're they're happy and they've been happy like it definitely wasn't horrible for them before they're dogs yeah (laughs) pretty simple-minded animals um how are they with the kids they're great with the kids so Neo will take so much and like obviously we want to train our children (laughs) to not be horrible to the animals because you don't want your kids climbing all over your dogs you just don't like it's not good for the human it's not good for the dog like (laughs) yeah you're trying to be a smart pet owner right right but it's gonna happen yeah like your kid is gonna go behind your back and go and like try to sit on your dog like, poke him in the eye right and poke their stuff nose is gonna and... happen neo is great he will take so much he loves the kids he loves to play with them the kids will giggle so hard at him oh moose avoids them she's like <laughs> don't touch me and then every now and then i'll catch a glimpse of them like petting her Ooh. and i'm like oh and then like as soon as i go to like take out my phone and take a picture she's like what <laughs> what are these things doing and she like runs off it's like the cat thing like pet me but not like that exactly <laughs> that thing <laughs> she's the same way she's very much like a cat dog <laughs> i could see it yeah i yep. could see it dang well motherhood and childbirth and the whole thing it's a process and it's yeah. wild and it's just figuring it out as you go and just taking deep breaths oh yeah it's huge um and having other moms because there's this big transition when you have kids where like if none of your other friends have kids none of our other friends even have spouses like like, we we find ourselves hanging out with like 40 50 year old people because we're like this is who we relate to right now like we relate to people 15 years above our age group it's great (laughs) yeah because i'm not in a relationship and i don't have kids i mean i have my cats but like it's totally different right and it's like we still have love for all our friends who are in a different place than us but it's the difference between talking to somebody who's going through exactly what you're going through and somebody who's not yeah and you just people don't understand each other if they're you know it's just a it's a difficult friendship to maintain if they don't know exactly what you're going through. Um, and that can be a big struggle. It can be really lonely. Yeah, I have heard that, especially when you first give birth and you're trying mm-hmm. to figure everything out and, like, your friends are going out and partying and going to clubs and bars and, yeah. like, going on hookup dates and Tinder dates and you're like, my vagina is still healing yeah. and I can't do anything and I don't have any fun sex stories or hookup stories. Yeah, or even just, like, all I want to talk about is my baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you seen this latest picture of her? I took it five minutes ago. <laughs> While you were sitting next to me. Right. 
<laughs> look how cute it is yeah yeah I always laugh at the people who make fun of moms who post like a million pictures of their babies and I'm like well have you had a baby yeah <laughs> I made this yeah exactly <laughs> like, like I made this this it's is wild. cute everybody tells me it's cute so like strangers I'm, in grocery stores I'm tell me wrong. it's cute yeah yeah exactly yeah so don't give moms crap for posting a tons of pictures or sending you tons of pictures of their babies because we can't help it. Well, yeah, and they grow so fast that you need to take all the pictures. You need yeah. to catch every single moment because soon they're going to be little humans. Yeah, my sister says all the time, I wish I had my babies a little bit later so I had a nicer camera on my phone so that I would yeah. have take I would have taken so many more pictures of them when they're babies. And my family makes fun of me for taking so many pictures. Like I think I have 30,000 pictures in my camera roll and that's just from the past like 4 years. I love that. And they're all kids. <laughs> yeah, uh, kids and dogs hiking. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um but yeah, so I take lots and lots of pictures, but I also definitely have times where like I have no pictures on my phone from Christmas morning and it's just because I was just in the moment. I yeah. didn't really need to take a picture of it. Um, but then I'm constantly torn between I have to take a picture of everything. <laughs> right. And then just trying to be present and be in the moment. Like I'm just right. going to set my phone up over here and record it and then right. not be on it. Right. And... Can we just get like cameras in our house and record everything? I mean, honestly, always? <laughs> that would be really funny. You could probably make like a twitch of it, of your baby just doing silly things and just dealing with the family. I definitely told my husband before that he should record me while he's at work so that he can see all oh, crap yeah. I do all day because sometimes it's like you clean the kitchen eight times and then by the time your husband gets home it's a mess again and you're like I swear <laughs> I promise I promise I, he's like what'd you do all day the kitchen's exactly. dirty you're like you want to go motherfucker yes like, <laughs> yes I'm like you have a meal cooked for yeah. you that's what happened in the kitchen <laughs> <laughs> the kids are fed <laughs> yes i fed them twice a day like i don't want to yes. hear it <laughs> yes that three square meals remember yeah. i was telling you that before i had kids it was like a cup of coffee in the morning maybe like a bag of hot cheetos for lunch and then a five course meal for dinner yep. like <laughs> yep. no stable foods no at all no it. nope um but now that i have kids i'm like damn I got to eat three square meals and snacks. Yep. Of course the snacks. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you are forcing me to be healthy. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. <laughs> kids are wild. and they're But they're so fun. And they're so, you know, I still really don't want kids right now. <laughs> but I, I super like your, your comment of like being older and like sitting at the head of your table and seeing yeah. all of your family and the different generations. Right. I was like, man. Like, I'm going to be alone and, like, not have I'm that. sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's just going to be, like, 20 cats and dogs. <laughs> you know that table, that famous painting of the dogs playing poker at the table? Yes. That's going to be you. Yes, that's <laughs> exactly what table. I'm looking like my future is going to be. And that's okay. And it's just, you know, it's – and everyone's like, you just haven't met the right person and la, la, la. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'll – like, I am kind of down to adopt. I feel like it'd be cool to, like, work for the next couple years, become really successful, make a shit ton of money, and then adopt and be like, I'm I have one. an extra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to come and borrow your kids for, like, a week or so. Yeah, yeah. Go to Aunt Raven's house to hang out. 
Take she... them. We want to go to Cabo. <laughs> right? I want to go to Cabo. Please. That'd be so Take fun. Take my babies. Right? <laughs> Plot says we both are in Cabo at the same time and I just have your kids. And yeah. You're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like the Spider-Man pain pointing. Yeah. The guy's going back and uh-huh. forth. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Are there any last minute thoughts or pointers or anything else you want to say? Uh, I don't think so. Thank you for making me eat today. Yeah, (laughs) no problem. We got some rolled tacos earlier. We had problems with the SD card, but it seems like it's working now. So stupid thing just burned out on me. But we got Mexican food. So look at that guy hooked us up. Yeah, he gave us extra rolled tacos. So that was cool. I'm like, look at that little face. (laughs) She literally looks like a mini version of your husband. Oh, all that work. Right? All that work. Damn you. He did good. Right? I was real proud of him. Very, very proud. It's hard being a husband these days. You that know? was a really beautiful thing. After after she was born, he looked at me and he was like, just smiling like ear to ear. And I was like, what? Like, why are you looking at me like that? In my head, I'm like, are you thinking about the poop? Are you- <laughs> <laughs> and he was like... You just look really nice. Like you just are glowing. <laughs> and I was like, "Thanks." <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, he he's a good man. We'll, yeah. We'll we'll keep him around for a little bit longer. Oh at least yeah. Until the kids are bigger. He pays the bills. Hey, there you go. Right. <laughs> until that stops, and we're good. <laughs> well, thank you again, my dear friend. I've loved hanging out and seeing your sweet little angel baby. <laughs> eat that box in the name of jesus christ amen forever waiting for someone to like us bitches love record players okay don't swallow it that's gross hello my little sex kittens this is raven and welcome to raven after dark